cars, hot music, and the coolest celebrity interviews all in one place. This is Skidmark Show with Jeff and Ethan, the loudest show on the internet, powered by Hey everybody, this is Art from the band Everclear, and you're listening to Skidmarks. Hi, this is Joe Adams, the president of the Ferrari Club of America, and you are listening to the Skidmark Show. Hey, it's Katie Osborne, and you're listening to the Skidmark Show. Auto year. Okay. Auto, and every time, and he says every it, time he says it, you, you put it over and make him go light. Auto urinal. Auto urinal. I love that. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> we need to have this whole conversation. In fact, I, th- I think we just did. Oh, I think uh, we did. I think yeah. we recorded it we right are, there. Yeah, yeah, I was recording. Auto urinal. Auto urinal. So I think that's what we do when Alex takes over. Because he takes over and he he literally takes over. Right. He actually hijacks my mic. Right. So that's fine. I'm good with it. But And he liked to say a phrase uh, when he's talking about the cross-country rally. You mean auto urinal. Auto urinal. Yes. It's not what he called it. I know. But he, that's what we're calling it. He called it a wang vacuumer. Okay. Yes. But uh, that's how he would relieve himself when he was just driving and didn't want to have to stop every few hundred miles. He had an auto urinal. Yes. <laughs> we got to turn the bass up on that one, too. Get him to say auto, auto urinal. urinal. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Actually, we should patent that because yes. it should be the Skidmark Show auto, auto urinal. urinal. <laughs> <laughs> and for nineteen ninety-five, you not only will you get one, but if yeah. you call now, I'll include a second auto, auto urinal. urinal. Should we put our faces on the inside of it, too? I think so. I think so that would be great. Could, <laughs> oh my god! The Ethan and Jeff Skidmark Show Auto, Auto Urinal. <laughs> you know what's funny? We're yeah. probably missing out on a million dollars in revenue from I the know. Auto, Auto Urinal. urinal. <laughs> Okay, I think if you say it in public forum like this, we could say we have now trademarked the phrase Auto, Auto Urinal. <laughs> I do, we just need to hit play on this. <laughs> Here's Alex Roy on Skidmark Show. What happens if you get a speeding ticket in, outside of Texas? Uh, do the points transfer back? I don't know. They don't have points in Texas right now. So how do they? How do you get your license suspended? Oh, you got to mess up real bad. Okay, so, so you can get 10 speeding tickets and not you lose your license? Yeah, absolutely you can. And that's determined by a judge? Or you can get one and lose it immediately? Uh, yeah, depending on how fast you're going. Yeah, in Texas, everything comes down to the judge. If the judge is in a dick mood, then you're screwed. If he's in a good mood, you might get away with damn near murder. You never know. So it pays to be a really respectful, good guy when you get to court. Oh, 100%. Joining us on the show, Alex Roy, who's going to tell us some extremely disrespectful stories. I think I think you're leading up. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to get my uh, myself in the right spot and understand a little bit about your psychology down south. Because in New York, uh, the, the judges, they're all bad. Are they all bad? Well, you get the traffic court. There's no leniency. Well, I figured up there in New York, a lot of them you could just sort of pay off. Maybe you didn't pay off the right one or at all. There's no payoffs in New York City for the common man. Because all the good payouts have already been made by the big guy. <laughs> That's right. The judges are already bought and sold by people with real money. Yeah, way, way over my pay grade. You know, it's it's funny actually co- talking about speeding tickets in court. Because coming to SEMA, all I see is like a sea of people looking to make their cars go illegally fast. Well, yeah, of course. So I, I don't understand why there isn't like a legal traffic court um, consulting area at, at SEMA. You know, I think you would make a mint if you started that. If you had 
had some attorneys that you hired them, you bought a booth, and you totally just consulted people live here, and they paid you for half an hour's worth of time, and you set it up, and you had a booth at SEMA. Because none of these people actually drive these cars here. I would reckon 95% of the cars you see here were trailered. Which brings me to another question, which I, I, I'd love to answer. All these co show cars at SEMA, like, what is the life span life expectancy and resale of that car that 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 crazy cool yellow that thing, the Hennessy yeah that would I don't know but I mean I'm assuming it can only go up well you're assuming a lot it's a Hennessy I am assuming <laughs> yeah you know the name actually has some some credo right now and the horsepower on it is ridiculous I think it's a thousand something horsepower is, is it all good credo I've heard some stories I don't know I, I don't okay so <laughs> what about that crazy wrapped uh, Nissan GT right across from here. Oh, well, that's Jeff's. Oh, that's Jeff's? That's Jeff's. Oh, it's not Scott resale because it's his. Yeah, right. There's no resale on that one because he's hanging on to it. Okay. He also did a 1,000 horsepower on it and he did some flares. So technically, you could have probably asked more for it. So what happens to the kid who sees Jeff's car, he sees a Hennessy car, he puts fifteen, twenty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 into his car. Is he ever going to get that money out in a million years? Is it possible? No, no, probably not. I mean, unless you are actually one of the top name fabricators and you started from scratch, you know, building stuff. If you're just buying aftermarket parts, I'm assuming you're never really going to get it. You've got to be in a, on the high end there. you got to be warehousing the parts, wholesaling the parts, making many of them yourself, or you're just an amazing designer. If you're just working in your garage, you're, you're never going to recoup that Civilian. investment. So now you said you wanted to hear my stories, but I have questions for you. Yeah. Because I come from a very small corner of the car community. I come from the corner of idiots who <laughs> want to go cross country as fast as possible. Yeah, you know, I feel a king in like the smallest castle in America. No one, you know, it's like people have heard about it, but no one wants to live there but me. But see, I'm so, more along the side of you because so. I uh, I don't know jack about building cars. I don't. I'm not a builder by any means. I like them. I like to drive them, and I would love to go cross country in them and do all the crazy, exciting episodes that you can have in a car. I can't build one. I honestly don't. Well, know. I can't build a car either. So you just you put some uh, you put some GPS and some other technology on the inside of a car and you just went balls to the uh, wall. Let's be clear. So you look like a young guy. Have you seen Cannonball Run the movie? Yeah, of course. Okay, so Cannonball Run the movie. So 71, 72, 75, 76, 79. Cannonball Run races cross country. And these guys were um, taking sometimes stock vehicles, sometimes lightly modified vehicles, and a couple of heavily modified vehicles cross country this illegal race. From 80 to 83, there was a secret race called the U.S. Express. 10 to 15 cars. No one did this again after 83 until probably the early 2000s. Uh, and today there are two events. One is called the C2C Express. One's called the 2904. And these are the only illegal race. Those races still going on. But the way these things operate is you don't need a crazy modded car. You don't need a supercar. Uh, the C2C is cars pre-1979. Anything pre-79, you show up, you can run it. Now, what you mean pre-79? You mean just the car itself was built? Can it be super modded on the inside? That doesn't matter. It's got to be pre-79. So you can put a gas economical engine in there to try Absolutely. and save you some stops. Because that's the most important thing we know in cross country. It's not speed. That's correct. The other race, the 2904, is cars under $2,904. So it's like the lemons of Cannonball. So think about, like... You don't need to spend 50, 60, 100 grand. I, I come to SEMA, I see these amazing cars. I'm a car guy. If it's got four wheels and it's cool, I'm cool with you. I don't care what's Absolutely. in it. Absolutely. But 
But you don't bring a, a gun to a knife fight. You got to bring yeah. the tool for the job. Exactly. And the tool for the job is generally not found not at SEMA. No. I mean, <laughs> what I'd like to see at the Cannonball SEMA would be a sea of station wagons yeah. with 100-gallon fuel cells, um, catheter tubes coming out of the seats. <laughs> Everybody's got the dick. Auto urinal. And and you know, see, and it's true. Maybe two steering wheel, maybe three steering wheel setup, and maybe you got a toilet in the back seat. Three steering wheel setup. Listen, if you want to so go you big, just switch side to side. One could. I've not yet seen someone go really full balls out and do a full cannonball vehicle. I've seen vehicles adapted and improved for it, but the ideal vehicle is like a Dodge Magnum. Yeah. <laughs> stripped out with a hundred twenty gallon fuel cell, three steering wheels, one down the center to the back seat, two in the front, the rear. Seats got a got a bathroom. There's a fourth driver sleeping in the back. The guys up front have the catheters with a dick. Auto urinal. And you are ready to break a cannonball record. <laughs> that's awesome. No, but that's <laughs> that you want to be a man. That's you bring and and you get 14 inch wheels with big fat donuts. Big fat donuts. Yeah, and maybe two jacks. Uh, maybe like you know. I mean, let's be real. SEMA is awesome, but SEMA is about theoretical performance. Right. Because a lot of people are not running these cars. It's like going out with. I'm trying to think of an example. It's not offensive. I can't. No. It's, let's just say they're not used <laughs> the way they should be. Alex Roy. Joining us on Skidmark Show right now, he did the actual Cannonball Run and broke the world well, record. To be clear, I never did the Cannonball Run. Okay, and in '79, air quotes. Yeah, but I have set the Cannonball record cross country. There you go. So, you, you went cross country in the fastest time, well, and I went that includes all the races. Well, one guy went faster than me. In uh, I went across in 2006, and oh my God, it was 2006, 2007, 2006 in 31 hours and four minutes, and in 2013. These two crazy guys, Ed Bowling and Dave Black, went across country in 28 hours and 50 minutes. That's just which, insane. Which is insanity because when you think about when people set lap times or drag times, a new champion comes along, they usually break the old time by 1%. Right. 2%. These guys are coming in and beating our time. We beat the old time by like, I don't even know, like by an hour, over an hour. These guys are coming in and breaking our time by two hours? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It's a big deal. I wouldn't pretend to say that that's breakable. That's a tough time to break. But if you've done any of these things, you know that there's no such thing as being as being like a loser because the number of people who've attempted to do this in the last 30 years is 50 people. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, the 50th guy in that list is my equal because he had the balls to get in the car and do it. And it doesn't take $100,000. If you went to Hertz and you had some balls... Yeah, rent a car. Don't, don't use your you own go, rent if one. If you go to Hertz Rent-A-Car, you get a fuel cell. and you, you So you get a... You, yeah, take anything. Get a Hertz Rent-A-Car for 100 bucks and go down to your garage, get a welder and a fuel cell, stick it in there, and you're willing to take a little bit of a hit in that liability waiver, <laughs> that damage little waiver. A little bit. A <laughs> little bit of a hit. You could take a Hertz rental car and break the cannonball record and get cross-country faster than Brock Gates and Dan Gurney. But people are afraid to get in trouble. I got to tell you this, though, just a word of advice. If you're going to do that, try and do it twice so you can drop the rental car back off at the same place because they'll charge you out the ass to drop it off at a different location. That's funny you mentioned because I had a plan for that, too. Recently, I was thinking there's no cannonball run rental record. So I was specking out in lower Manhattan a Mercedes CLA 45 AMG. It's a fake AMG. So if you take that thing stock, it's a, it, no one ways. They want $435 a day. I've done the math. You rent the car. You spend one day prepping the vehicle for the cannonball run. You drive cross country. 
country to, to uh, L.A. You get there. You disable this, the ECU. You cut a cable in the engine bay. You call Hertz. The car's defective. Bam. They pick it up. No problem with a one-way rental. So you're just saying trash the car enough to where they have to... It's an insignificant repair accomplished in 15 minutes. <laughs> I like the way you think. I'm just saying. How many gallons of fuel did you take when you did it? I mean, you, you got a fuel cell added. What car you were using? So, a BMW? Yeah. Our Cannonball car was a 2000 BMW E39 M5. Uh, we were carrying, I think, 38 gallons of fuel. Uh, we stopped uh, about five and a half times, get cross country. Um, you know, 38 gallons does not fill up that quick. Uh, you could bring more fuel. There are people who brought 60 gallons of fuel. I, my opinion was that stopping every six to seven hours to swap drivers was safer than just going straight cross country, two, three stops. There's guys who've done it in four stops, but I think that I think it's tough to drive over 125 miles an hour on the interstate looking for cops for more than three hours. Yeah, it wears you down. I mean, your brain's constantly working. Your eyes are constantly going. You're always on edge, and that'll wear you out pretty damn quick. I mean, I know I do, and I'm just doing like 95, 100. 95, 100 is a, a fine speed, setting a nice pace. I like that. I've done 125. <laughs> 125 is good. You know, the hardest part in the world is keeping your foot on the gas and keeping your car doing 120 miles an hour for an hour, two hours, three hours. And today, and I'm 44 years old, I don't think I have the courage to do it. See, I did that, and when I did it, I was doing 125, and this was in a 2001 Toyota Avalon, which I didn't know it could go that fast. So I just uh, wanted to find out. Impressive. And it was on a West Texas road in between Midland, Odessa, and Lubbock. And uh, I got up there, and, you know, after about 10, 15 seconds, I was like, I'm going to pull off a little bit because I'm, I'm looking too far. I can't see it far enough ahead. I'm starting to just, you know, it stresses the hell it's, out of you. It's very stressful. You, I mean, you've got to have a co-pilot who'll sit there under the binoculars, look for cops, and focus. And you manage the CB radio, manage the scanner. Uh, you know, today, if you're, you know, I went t 10 years ago. If you were going again today, you want to bring two iPads running Waze. You want to bring um, a, an Escort Max 360 radar detector, and you want to run that into another iPad or iPhone and watch that display. So you need someone who's very technical to watch the, you know, the displays. You know, recently I had a dispute with some gentlemen about Cannonball Records, and they were saying, oh yeah, tough guy, we could go break that. So my advice to anyone who feels that it's really easy is, please go give it a shot. You're, you're welcoming the challenge. Go ahead. Be break my it. guest. Yeah, somebody be, already broke your record, first of all. Break my, that guy's record. It doesn't matter who, how many records get broken. If you have the balls to get in the car and do it, you are equal to anyone else who's gone. One guy's gone faster, good for him, and, and respect to him. There's a great story about uh, a guy named Roger Bannister. It's a great story for all of life. Roger Bannister was an Olympic runner back uh, in the 50s, and he had failed miserably at the 1952 Olympics. I know the name. I think and I know where you're going. he vowed to be the first human being to run a four-minute yep. mile, and it was said that no one would ever run a four-minute mile. So this guy was not a full-time athlete. He was a medical student in England, and he built a treadmill, and he built a, a device to measure the depletion of oxygen in his blood during a four-minute exertion, and he became the first man to break the four-minute mile. And after he broke, and people said for 100 years, no one would ever run a four-minute mile. Right. Today, hundreds and hundreds of people have broken a four-minute mile. So when I read uh, Brock Yates and the Cannonball Run records, and I heard that no one would ever break 32 hours, 51 minutes, and I heard no one would ever break 32 hours, 7 minutes, I vowed that I was going to be the guy to break that record. And then for many years, seven years, the wall, impossible time, 30 hours cross-country. People talk about this for 45 years, and then two guys went and did it. But they did it by such a huge margin that if it's breakable, it would have to be such an extraordinary and exceptional set of circumstances 
circumstances, it probably doesn't pay to try because it's so dangerous. Yeah, but that sounds about right. If I was gonna try, I would bring three spotter planes, <laughs> and I would I would get onto the BMW 5 Series Owners Group, and I would get every one of those guys to shave their heads and wrap their cars in Le Mans blue, and then I would call them up. Have some fakes. And I'd call, and I'd have them pre-position Decoys. themselves at the interstate, on the interstates right around Oklahoma City and Albuquerque, and get ready for me to come through and perform scrimmage when the cops come chasing us. Yeah, that's that's smart. But I would never do that. Oh no, that's totally not a plan <laughs> you're working never on that. currently. Never, never. Now you know when you say that uh, you could bring like 60 gallons of fuel along. There's got to be a point at which the weight to time saving ratio is. I mean, there's a there's a happy medium in there somewhere, and you cross that apex. There is a relationship there, but uh, because of the power density of you know gas, right? It's unlikely you're ever to cross that threshold, even with 60 gallons. The real problem is that the weight distribution is 60 gallons, at least in my car, with 38 gallons, fell well over the rear axle, and the rear of the car was dragging. So if you have a car with an active rear suspension, you can solve that problem. You can't bring enough fuel, but you can. You can never have enough fuel as long as you manage the driver fatigue appropriately, which is why I opted for less fuel and a six-stop strategy. It's just, uh, look at how Le Mans rate, or day 24 hours of Daytona, yeah. or Le Mans race teams operate. They up four-hour stints at Le Mans, and there's a reason. Yeah, so. because uh, people wear out quick when you're doing those yeah. kinds of speeds and it's, just trying to keep that mental fatigue is the worst. I'll tell you, I'm, I'm, a much more fun exercise, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, is what is the ideal cannonball car for the modern era? Because for me, it's a Dodge Magnum with a massive fuel cell. But there are people who would say that's overkill, the engine's all wrong, too, the fuel economy sucks, and uh, it's just not the right car. Uh, you know, I, a CTSV wagon speaks to me. Yeah. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. You know, I've, I've never really studied up on all the specs on cars like these, so I, I couldn't tell you. Obviously, hybrids, which you would real quick jump to and say, yeah, that might work because you're saving a bunch of fuel, but the weight on the batteries is so ridiculous. And also, the regeneration of a hybrid powertrain requires braking and downhill sections. Yeah. So you come out above 80 miles an hour, hybrids are not so good. No, they're not. Well, and some of the new ones, I think, I don't necessarily just rely on braking to refuel uh, or regenerate the power. Some of them have the solar panels on top. It's not enough. Is. It's not enough. Yeah. It's it's, yeah that's 10 years out. I think, I was, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying, you think 10 years? That seems kind of quick. I think the solar panel efficiency's got to improve before that me- is a meaningful piece. Okay. I mean, I drove uh, a Tesla cross-country a couple of weeks ago in 41 hours. The charging time added another 13 hours. Think, uh, that's killer. So, so if there was some way to swap out the batteries. A Swap could be one thing, but the batteries, uh, you know, a Tesla at, you know, 100 miles an hour, the ba- a P100 today going 100 miles an hour, the range has got to be, I, I'd be surprised if it was getting 120 miles an hour out of one charge at 100 miles an hour. The yeah. optimal speed for a Tesla is 50 miles an hour. You get 380, 400 miles out of that charge. So what needs to happen is the power density of batteries has to approach or surpass that of petroleum right. in order for the electric car to do this, unless the charge times go up by a factor of five. You know, in the next five years, Porsche is going to come out with a Mission E. It's like a Panamera, a Gen 3 Panamera. And that thing's going to have a graphene-based battery that should charge faster than a Tesla. None of these things are fast enough to beat an eternal combustion car for a cannonball record. But I, in our lifetimes, it will happen. I, I can believe that. I think that'll be cool. And maybe you'll be the one back behind the wheel trying to do it? If I'm not too scared to is, take the wheel. I was about to say, is that still a goal? You said you now 
at, at uh, 44, <laughs> uh, Alex Roy, the winner or the breaker record of, you know what I'm saying. Alex Roy is joining us on the show. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think of too many things at once. Would you come back and do it if some new big technology came through like that? Would you Would you risk it? I would go cross country in a heartbeat, but more as an experiment to see if elect- an electric vehicle or semi-autonomous vehicle could get across faster. Let, let me say this. If... You go across country in a car now to break a cannonball record, and you're using a car built after 1995. You're using a vehicle that's going to have to have at least 400 horsepower, a range of at least 600 miles, a safe cruising speed above 135 miles an hour for 30 hours. You're also using technologies that you hope never to use, things like stability control, traction control, uh, anti-lock brakes. If you go up from stability control and anti-lock brakes, one notch, you're getting to semi-autonomous driving tech, things that could help you get cross-country faster. So logically, if you take Tesla Autopilot and you put that in an internal combustion car, if I could take my hands off the wheel and take a set, second set of binoculars and look for cops, I'm getting cross-country faster. Am I still driving? Is the record mine? Yeah, that's the question. Autonomous that's is the not question. driving. I don't think so. As far as I'm concerned, if you could still get killed in the car, the record's <laughs> yours. All right? If you're So if you're a drone pilot in the military and you're flying drones and that drone crashes, all right, are you dead? No. No, no. Do you get a purple heart? No. No. Drones daily? No. Now, you can get medals for PTSD and other experience, and I respect that. In military service, military service. At the end of the day, it's the difference between games and sports. Ernest Hemingway said, sports are things where you can get hurt. Games, everybody goes home, shake hands, it's nothing. So, sports, you got to get hurt. If you're in the car, you can be killed. The record's yours. People can disagree with me, but that's my feeling on it. Well, then they can go and break the damn record themselves. So they can. I mean, look, in, in 30 years, someone's going to come out with a, a car with no steering wheel. It's going to be limited to 55 miles an hour. So, if you want to break the record, you have to hire a hacker to remove the speed limiter, and now you're getting in a car that you don't know whether or not it's been tested to go 130, but you're asking it to. Are you not assuming the risk? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, let's get into some crazy stories. I'm sure you have some. <laughs> Alex Roy's joining us here on Skidmark Show. One time, I was dressed in a German police officer's uniform, going about 200 miles an hour down, uh, I don't know, it was a highway in Arizona leading to Kingman, Arizona. And if anyone from Kingman's listening... It's a fine town, but you should not speed near Kingman, Arizona. So, fine, <laughs> great town, love that town, good town. I've checked with all the experts on law enforcement. Everyone loves that town. So, we're going to Kingman, Arizona in a Rentec tuned Mercedes Benz CL55, which is probably a $200,000 car. The car would, could do 215 miles an hour. We're dressed like German police officers. We pass a police car in the median, hiding, and he nails us. And I know we're doing at least 175. So, the, the distance of the next exit. It was about 15 miles. We could not close that distance without him calling another police car or catching up to us. So right. we decided to pull over and turn the lights on and, and, and wait. So he comes over and he comes right up to me. And I should add that one year earlier, I had been now that same road of 185 miles an hour in a BMW M5 police car, also from Germany. So the cop looks at us. He's like, you, you sons of bitches. Are you crazy? I'm like, sorry, officer. He's like, no, it's okay. Because, you know, last year, these crazy <laughs> assholes came down here in a fake German police car doing 175 miles an hour. You know those people? I'm like, no, nah, I don't know those people. He's it like, was 185, well, he's like, by the way. He's like, well, good. <laughs> so I'm going to have to arrest you, but I'm not going to seize the car. So he takes the, so my co-driver drives a Mercedes police car to the Kingman jail. I'm brought into the jail cell in a full German police uniform, everything but a gun. Jeez. In there with the drug dealers, a couple of very friendly prostitutes. And then um, they look at me. They're like, are you a cop? I'm like, um, I'm on vacation. I'm from Germany. Guys, like, you speak great English for a cop from Germany. I'm like, we have great schools there. The jail. <laughs> 
doctor comes in. She's like, do you know what day it is? I'm like, actually, I forgot. She's like, today is June 6th, the anniversary of D-Day, and you're dressed like a Nazi. I'm like, I am not. Germany is a democratic republic today. Right. And a NATO ally country. Yeah, it She's is. She's like, you've got a point. But you're still dressed like that on June 6th. It's weird. I'm going to have to do a psychiatric evaluation. What a load of BS. A bus pulls up with 15 more rally drivers. Every last one of them, a criminal scofflaw speeder. And the parking lot outside the jail is filled. Ferrari F40, Ferrari F50, Lamborghini, Lamborghini, Porsche, 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 Porsche. Just a garage of criminality. And they bring all these guys in, and every one of them looks very wealthy. And they all look at me, and the clerk comes out, and he says to me, he's like, you're part, you know these people? I'm like, absolutely not. Nope. I'm like, that guy's a liar. That guy's a fake cop. <laughs> clerk says, uh, is it true that Johnny Knoxville is on this rally? And I knew he wasn't, but I knew that another guy from uh, was, another guy was, Ryan Dunn. Oh, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I'm like, oh, Knoxville, yeah, I think he's on this. Do you think I can meet him? I'm like, wow, uh, yeah, I think you could. Could you help me meet him? I'm like, I think I could arrange that. I'll leave my phone back, and I would need to get out of here. He said, well, which car is yours? I'm like, the black Mercedes. He's like, what's this? Uh, he ticketed you for 167 in a 55. That's impossible. I'm like, I know. There's no Mercedes that could do 167. That's crazy. He's like, I know. I know. And he, so let's take care of this right now. He knocks the ticket down. 167 to 55 becomes 67 and a 55. Wow. In return for Johnny Knoxville's fake phone number which I gave him and I walked right out of there. Fake phone number. So, in, generally, each country police force has its own culture about apprehending speeders. You'd be amazed what you can get away with with the right attitude. Um, I'm constantly shocked. Speaking of Germany, have you ever gone over and hit the Autobahn, tested it out? Funny you should ask. I tested it out um, and then was in jail. Uh, how, very, how did you get arrested in Germany on the Autobahn? Very funny you should ask. Um, so, they're very liberal about speeding there. Entire sections of the Autobahn are unrestricted. Right. Which is why my jacket has a Autobahn unrestricted skill patch on it. However, they are very opposed to anti-license plate camera covers. And that's what right. you have. And the, yeah, and um, they don't like that very much at all. So, but you knew this. Uh, well, it wasn't my car, and the guy who owned the car had taken my advice uh, and put them on. And I was sitting in the left seat. It was an English car with a right-hand drive. But in Germany, whoever sits in the left seat takes the hit. So what? Well, that didn't it's make true. Any sense. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think it doesn't, but it does. They're supposed to be smart. Yeah, well, you know, they, they figure they give you the privilege of going as fast as you want. Don't take advantage. But speaking of speeding in jail. And, yeah, okay, yeah. And, well, you have to tell me every single one of your jail stories because obviously we've we've heard two. You well, got the, more. Well, the, I could just line up one summer of arrests in, in Europe. Awesome. Um, and well, mostly escapes. We got so time. One time we were dressed like Canadian Mounties and we had taken this BMW with New York license plates, but that said RCMP on the side from London to Africa and back. And on the way, we were in France and we had heard rumors that the French police were chasing down a bunch of uh, gumball drivers. And as you know, having formerly been one of them, they're all scumbags. Yes, they so are. So they deserve to get caught, and which is why we, dressed as Canadian Mounties, felt we needed to get as much distance as possible between ourselves and the other guys who were going to get arrested. So we're going like 175 miles an hour on the French highway, lights and sirens, New York license plates, fake Canadian Mountie car, and we come up on traffic. So I'm hitting lights and sirens. I speak French. We're hitting, like, I have the French siren on the on the dashboard of the BMW. And, and they're not moving. And so I'm getting pretty upset. And I'm starting to get kind of an attitude problem. And my girlfriend, my co-pilot, she's like, you know, this is not right. We're not really cops. You shouldn't behave like this. I'm like, you know, you're right. I'll just pass them. So I pass one car, two car, three cars, four. The sixth car, it was a funeral convoy in France going 120 miles an hour. You asshole. Now I'm an ass. So <laughs> I felt so guilty about it. I said, you know, there's only one solution. We need to go even faster because if these people in the funeral procession call the police, we're fucked. Yeah, so we are. So we got we're going even faster. And then... And the left lane, there's a little Peugeot 
from like 1982 and this car will not move and I you know there's something about wearing a police uniform especially when you're not a cop yeah it makes you become a different person and not a good one no so I decided to hit him with all the lights and sirens again and that didn't work so I passed him on the right and it turned out it was the local police commander driving his 1982 Peugeot 205 gendarme car wearing his kepi hat going to work so he lifts out a he takes a phone off the dash coiled handset from like 1987 I can see him calling in our car description uh five minutes later we're pulled over by like six trucks holy cow jeez this is Alex Roy who uh, broke the record for the cross country not necessarily the cannonball well it, cannonball is a generic term, generic term as far as I'm concerned country. if you drive from New York to LA non-stop except for gas you're a cannonballer yep. and if you stop on the way for any reason not for gas you're not a cannonballer and you can take that to the bank on my tombstone and that includes peeing you can't even you stop can, to no, pee you could stop to pee but that's a little cowardly I recommend a power drill a catheter and a auto urinal or just peeing on the tire while you're fueling up anyone here with a score international sticker or patch knows what I'm talking about it's on the Baja get the catheter and dick auto urinal I'd be a man about it <laughs> yeah, and that over there is well, Amy Shackelford uh, unless you're gold, a uh, Amy Shackelford the, maybe the greatest social marketer in the rally community automotive parts and whomever else here who wants to take a, pick a fight with me afterwards we've Amy had Amy Shackelford. on the show she's before she's rush rally Amy yeah she, no, we, we know Amy she's yeah. a part of the family but I like to continue to some more arrest and speedy uh, yeah, stories more jail <laughs> stories from Alex Roy this is fun are you guys having a good time already hearing something about somebody who's done a lot worse stuff than you yeah but I've never but I've never committed a crime that's hurt anyone one time uh, after I went public and I, I was immediately indicted it was a whole operation and then I was given immunity in return for never doing any such things again and so I was invited to the FBI Academy and the guy there said the nicest thing he said never have so few done so little on behalf of so few <laughs> I'm like well that's not what he's like you're the opposite of JFK yeah. I said yeah I'm the opposite of JFK absolute opposite um, you know uh, another wonderful arrest story <laughs> here we go I mean it is um, you know every year the Gumball 3000 leaves London and goes somewhere in Europe and uh, I'm not speaking of rallies like the Gold Rush of course but the Gumball very wealthy people spending $100,000 to go on a rally you'd expect the best of everything not always so when you get your ticket from the Gumball they supply you a ticket for the channel train they expect you to drive in like a suicide run past like 100 police officers from London to Dover where the channel station is you get to the channel station and then you're you're lined up in a, like a suicide box with 400 cops just waiting for you and they've, they've seen every speed camera for the last 100 miles waiting to ticket you so you're sitting there so I sat there one time and I thought to myself you know this is a mistake this is a mistake Gumball has screwed us because we're waiting to get in the channel with everyone else with the trucks next year is going to be different so the following year we came on the Gumball and the day before the Gumball we went down to the Dover Channel Station and we said how do we get on the train first we don't want to wait with everyone else so if you trade in your ticket worth $30 and you pay another $20 you get the first VIP loading on the channel train which Very means nice. you load first you get off first in France when you get to France on the Gumball the police are lined up with a roadblock to give you another ticket and then the, the Belgian police they've timed when you get to Belgium they got another ticket waiting for you so you'd be lucky to come out of the first 300 miles without a thousand dollars in tickets so although I could afford to bring an M5 to Europe I am like the poorest guy in the, I'm not lining up to these tickets but the other guys take the hit so we went down there and I said how many VIP loading slots are there on the channel train 12 I'll buy them all <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so we bought them all. We got down the next day. We left London last. Everyone got there first. Everyone else got arrested tickets. We drive right around them, loading the channel train. We took the other 11 tickets and sold them to the first tourists we could find. Jeez. So we're loading the channel train. We get to France. The doors open. We come off. The French police are waiting. What are they doing? Unloading the cones from the truck because they're waiting. They got another 40 minutes till the other gumballs arrive. We drive straight through. I'm like, hit it. Get to Belgium. The police are lined up. What are they doing? Unloading the cones in their truck. I'm like, hit it. Get to the German border. I'm like, what could go wrong now? Nothing. Nothing, right, yeah. And then we get pulled over for the anti-license plate cover. So you see, the lesson is, as smart as you think you are, it's always something you overlooked. Um, always, always. But you know, all these events are really nonsense because you can have a lot of fun for a lot less. I mean, you don't need to spend $100,000 to do the gumball. You could do the Gold Rush Rally. Absolutely. Or, or you could just get 10 friends and spend no money and get some Motel 6s and drive cross country for a week and have a blast, get a six pack at each place and sleep it off. Because I like that idea. Because at the end of the day, these events are as much fun as your friends are when you tell the stories at night. Right. And, you know. So how did you get into this? This is Alex Roy who broke the record for the Cannonball. How did you get into cross country driving, racing, rallying, whatever? How'd you start? I didn't have a car growing up and uh, all my friends in school had cars and I was really jealous and I my dream car was a Toyota Celica. I'm like, oh, someday I'm going to have a Celica. Uh, dream big. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. And then one day, I was the, in 89, I was at the New York Auto Show, and there was a Nissan Maxima. And the sticker said 4DSC, four-door sports car. Right. And I had just read Car and Driver, and there was a, an article in the back of Car and Driver by a guy who had a, like an 87 Corvette. And the, the guy who wrote the article was John Big One, John Bigone. And he had outfitted his Corvette with like brake light, kill switches, fuel cells, like an escort radar, took everything you could pack in there. And I'm like, I'm going to do that, but I'm going to be smart. I'm going to get a four-door sports car. And now Nissan makes one. Yep. And, and that was my first car. And I vowed someday I would do an event like that. But um, I didn't know who was organizing it, and the internet didn't exist. So you know, 10, 12 years later, I read about the gumball. I thought the gumball was that. It wasn't. And and as we know today, there really isn't an event like that, except for two events, the C2C Express and the 2904. And uh, for anyone who's listening who didn't hear the early part, if you've got $2,000, $2,904. $2,903. You can do a cannonball type race, no entry fee, uh, with 10 other idiots like myself, and uh, you can have a good time. Or you can go across with a bunch of guys in the CDC Express, which is vehicles built before 1979. Brung what you brung doesn't matter. Right. But if you don't want to miss dinner, you need a fuel cell. I like the, they also have a Beater 500, I think, which is for uh, cheap, uh, like $500 in undercars for off-roading. For I like getting, that. Getting mud. Yeah, it's a, I think it's actually called the Beater 500. So I wouldn't go Google that right away yet, and don't <laughs> click on images. I'm just the gambler. Gambler 500. Gambler 500. That's I mean, the one. My, my position is def generally the tighter the restrictions on budget, yeah. the greater creativity and ingenuity and the more fun you have. you're going to see from people. Absolutely. And also, you know, the, if you take creativity and you cast a wide net for it, you get a really great bunch of people. If you look for creativity in ten people, you're going to be one lonely person is going to show up. Got to cast a wide net. Got to make it open. So you got to make it cheap. Three grand, five grand, six grand is a great budget level to do an illegal cross-country race because everyone who shows up has to have done the work of the cars themselves, which guarantees they're going to finish and they're interesting people. The guys not, <laughs> not looking at you. Looking at Amy. I'm, like, I'm not looking at Amy, I'm, but I'm saying I'm not, there's nothing wrong with rallies full of supercars. Nothing wrong with that. I've done them myself, not in a supercar, but, but at the end of the day, there needs to be a test, a standard for the kind of person who gets into a car with horsepower for 500 bucks or 5 million bucks. Because that the behavior of a person behind the wheel determines the safety in any car. You can be killed in a piece of shit. You can be killed in a supercar. And 
if someone's done the work on the car themselves, they generally care a little bit more what that car looks like tomorrow, in my experience. That's it's true. It's not an absolute rule. And there's another thing. Oh, look at this guy. He's handsome, tall, shaved head. Oh, he looks just like me. But the other thing, which is, <laughs> and I think, a really important thing to say, and I was going to discuss it with that handsome Jeff Allen guy in a couple on tomorrow, is that, you know, I've been doing a lot of work investigating, like, the future of self-driving cars. There's going to come a day where something between Ralph Nader, the government, and communism is going to show up, and in certain places, you're not going to be able to drive your own car. It's probably going like to be... Jersey, you can't pump your own fuel? Probably city centers and places like that. Now, think about this. If 50 years from now or 100 years from now, you want to modify your own car, buy your own car, buy a vintage car, and drive it on the street, if you want to protect that right, it's not protected like the Second Amendment. It's not like guns. All right? We can lose our right to drive anytime. Yeah. Anytime. A judge can take it away for any reason. If you want to protect human driving rights, you need to drive safely every single day you're on the road. If you want to race illegally, and I'm guiltier than anyone of doing this, well, I don't go out and, and do that unless my car is prepared. I know I'm going to make it safely. I wouldn't get in a car on an illegal race with 10 guys who are there on a bet because money corrupts. Yeah, guys going to hit the gas and make it a, a bad pass. Uh, people who have car accidents in vehicles, I think it's like 90 or 95% of accidents are one car accidents. It's never, it's almost never a, a part failure. It's driver error. And accidents are not accidents. They are almost always predictable events because the person behind the wheel didn't judge the conditions, didn't have the right tires. And that's somewhere actually, I'm going to plug SEMA for a second. What, what Everything in the show is made to, to make cars go faster. Right. But to make cars go faster, they have to be better. And that means they have to be generally safer, capable of stopping faster, capable of having more grip. More arrows, generally safer. You know, And so people mis you know, ex believe that performance has something to do with danger. It's usually the opposite in the right hands. You know, the people that drive the best are the ones that can keep the most control. That's all it is. Yeah. Um, and I hate to use something offensive. Any women? No. Uh, you know, it's like... You Just Amy. All right. I mean, it's like some guys go to Tijuana and... Uh, <laughs> No standards. They'll, some give, some take. Uh, it's, you know, you got, you got to be, let's be oh, real. Geez. When I get in the car, I inflate my tire, check the tire pressure, right. I check the tire treads. I don't go 3,000 miles at 120 miles an hour unless the car is prepared. And if I'm tired, I don't go. Good, good call. So, Alex Roy joining us on Skidmark Show. Thanks for taking the time today, buddy. Sure. It's been a good. Are you going to join uh, the big stage over there? I will. I have one more thing to say. All right, bring it on. And it's going to sound political, and it is, but it's not the political message you think it is. All right. Uh, in the future, people, the government, someone's going to push to take steering wheels out of cars. And there are a lot of people who should not be driving. That is the dumbest okay. idea I've heard, no matter right. how good technology gets. So I am all for self-driving cars, but I am all for choice. If I want to drive, I want to drive. Yep. And if I have to go to driving school or get a federalized driver's license and prove that I can, I'll do it. So I like to say that I'm pro-choice in the war on driving, because there is a war on driving. Every time you register your car, you pay for a speeding ticket, you go to court, you pay court fees, someone, the local government, the federal government, is waging war on you, taxing your freedom to drive. If you want to keep it, you need to drive as well as you can, and you have to fight for that right by making sure you do it responsibly. You should start like a, a foundation, a pack. We'll call it the Cannonball Drivers Association. The, the police. Nah. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Alex Roy, ladies and gentlemen, on Skidmark Show. Find us at skidmarkshow.com and download us on iTunes. Time to sign off this episode of Skidmark Show. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter so you can see whenever we are somewhere live and join us like you're right there next to us. And, of course, get the episodes on iTunes, SoundCloud, Podbean, and everywhere else you get your podcasts. Skidmark Show, guys. We're signing off. Till next time.
Order your Skidmark Show auto urinal today. Order today and we'll send you not one, but two. That's two auto urinals. Plus, we'll include absolutely free two urinal cakes. Each cake has Jeff and Ethan's faces right on the cake. You can spend those special moments with your favorite Skidmark Show host. Call the number flashing on your screen now to order today. This is Skidmark Show, powered by Pizzoy. 